Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 175, covering Prometheus Unbound. After some debate, I think we've settled on the fact that it's season 8, episode 12. Greetings, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. We have a guest this week. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guest. It's going to get old pretty quick if we keep doing this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeff. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Welcome back again. <laughs> again. And again. And again. Oh, I thought of something the other day. You commented the last time we recorded that episode of the Space Race is one of the most downloaded episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also, I believe, the first or the farthest back the iTunes feed goes when you had all the, the mistakes with uh, iTunes not hosting you for a while and everything. Well, that was no iTunes fault. That was, uh, well, it was partially no iTunes fault. It was mostly GoDaddy's fault. I accidentally ended up downloading that episode two or three times because my iTunes feed kept on going the oldest. Are you trying to destroy our soul it. here? Yes, that that actually isn't comforting. Sorry. It's sort of uh, depressing, really. <laughs> People aren't downloading it because it's a good episode. Well, I knew they weren't downloading it because it was me, so I had to figure out why. <laughs> and you had to tell us. Okay, you've got a low opinion of yourself. <laughs> Don't spread it around. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, trauma shared is not a trauma halved. It's just a trauma shared. <laughs> so I managed to break my Kindle. Yay, how'd you do that? Um, Google Play indicated there was an update available, so I took it to the Kindle software, <laughs> which, of course, is coming out of Play Store, which I shouldn't have access to on the Kindle. I ended up having to do a full factory reset. still don't have a Kindle or Nook or even a nice tablet of any kind. No, you've named the nice tablet. The other tablet isn't the nice one. The only advantage I can see to owning the other side of the tablet, apart from a kind of, oh, I have money, is the fact that the uh, Ankh-Morpork map app is out for it. Which one are you talking about, the iPad? Be mildly insulting to his co-host. <laughs> no, I'm being mildly insulting to Apple. Any insults that go your way are simply by way of proxy. I'm not interested in the iPad as much as one of the Galaxy tablets from Samsung. Interface nicely with my phone. Oh, that's weird. I heard a chat message come in, but I don't see anything. Nope. Strange. I really hate the Microsoft interface for Skype. The chat window seems a confusing hot mess. Now you understand my exasperation when you send me a text message or something over Skype and I'm clicking away trying to find it. It has every person I've ever chatted with going back about two years. I finally watched The Hobbit yesterday. Ah, I see. Long, innit? Yes. <laughs> you could really trim that movie down a bit. <laughs> about 35%, I'd say. <laughs> Although I do like Sylvester. Who? Radagast, Radagast the Brown, Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor. Oh, that's Sylvester McCoy, is it? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> I saw a post on Facebook which had various photos of the guy who played something the third during the Matt Smith Doctor Who run, and I think has been in pretty much every piece of British science fiction ever. If you don't recognise this man, revoke your geek card now. I saw that with uh, the guy who played Badger in... Yeah, he was Badger in Firefly. He was also some guy with a third on the end of his name in Doctor Who, I forget. He was the FBI agent. Yeah, the gay one, wasn't he? Yeah. Mark Shepard. Yeah, and the guy who played the old is actually that actor's father. And it's not the first time they've played father and son against each other. 
they look enough alike, you know, the one can play for the other. Oh, yes. Monday is now my favorite TV day. What's on Mondays? I wonder why. Grim, Game of Thrones, Arrow. Ah, I think those are all on completely different days of the week in the U.S. All new, all the same day. Happy days. I don't even have time to watch them all. <laughs> Luckily, there's no more than two of them on at the same time, even though they are, in fact, on different channels. Is there actually anything that competes for audience with Game of Thrones these days? You could argue that people that watch Game of Thrones also watch Arrow. I think most Arrow viewers would toss Arrow in the, the garbage if they had to to catch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Indeed. Even though we've done Gemini, this for some reason is on disc 3, which is why it took me so long to find it. Yeah, the order on some websites is different. The way we've been hopping from show to show, I'm totally sure where the f*** are at this point. By the way, in your profile picture, is that you or Lando Calrissian? Or you as Lando Calrissian? That is neither. That's Amy Davis Jr. Is it? Candyman. Who can make the sunshine? <laughs> Tell my vaguely scientific explanation. You have who can make the sunrise. I was simply pointing out rotation of planetary bodies and orbital velocity. I don't usually use my real picture for any of my avatars anywhere. I see. My real picture is up all over the place. I just don't use it as an avatar. I don't bother hiding my picture for the simple reason that I've been photographed so frequently at so many events and <laughs> tagged. From the Utopia perspective, they could find me in about 10 seconds. I watched Django Unchained on Sunday. Yeah, it was that or The Hobbit. So I decided to watch The Hobbit. The Django Unchained is two and three quarter hours. Enjoying the fact that these movies are getting longer these days. Well, it's fine if you're watching it on DVD, but I saw The Hobbit Cinema and there's no pause button so you can take a pee break. <laughs> Three hours is a bit long even for my bladder. Yeah, I had to jump out somewhere in there, but I knew the story of The Hobbit. You know, I, I picked a point where I felt reasonably safe in jumping out. You never know with Jackson. <laughs> I think I missed a bit of the goblin nonsense. On the goblin nonsense was basically Indiana Jones. Yeah. Expected a minecart to appear at one point. I saw it once and it was fun and I saw it again and I was like, about an hour and a half in, I was kind of bored. The glimpses they gave you of Morg, that could be interesting in the second movie. Yeah. I see we've got a tweet from Kevin. We got a retweet. Did we get a tweet as well? We got a tweet as well. Kevin replied to our tweet, Great to see Hammond again. And a good introduction for Vala. Really enjoyed her character. Also, Idaho Girl 823 says, I quite enjoyed that one. Everybody likes Vala. Yeah. Well, you might have preferred Shanks. I think her lean is towards Shepard. <laughs> Are you looking for a podcast that's fast-paced, hard-hitting, in-your-face? A podcast that rides the ragged edge of disaster? I just... <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. I just saw for the first time the Weezer Pork and Beans commercial. Might want to check elsewhere for one of those. On the other hand, boy, have I got a show for you. Pulp Audio Weekly. It's a show that's got everything you need. Danger Zone. And the geeky stuff they like talking about. Uh, don't ever fight a death claw. Like, if you see one, just turn and run. And really, what more could you ask for? That's Pulp Audio Weekly at weekly.pulpaudio.com. Head on over there to find out all about the show and listen to episodes right on the webpage. Or pick up the RSS feed and subscribe right on your favorite podcast listening tool. That's Pulp Audio Weekly with weekly.pulpaudio.com. I turn away from the mic to clear my throat. <laughs> I shall click towards the line, assuming I actually get a line. You can go over there. Yay, line. Pause. Sit. Good kitty. <laughs> It's always out when you get the line. No, they're washing each other. That's never a good sign. Was it a staring contest? No, not wash. Oh, wash. <laughs> not usually after about eight seconds before there's a meow, a mild hiss, and a swipe, and then they start wrestling. And considering their precarious position on the windowsill above the radiator and the utter chaos of this room, you could hear a loud crash shortly. Okay. 
Hopefully that's not my quinch figure being knocked over. You what? I have a figure of quinch, but not DR. It's a 2000 AD reference. Oh, never read it. Oh, right. If we're good to go, I can actually read from the t-shirt which I'm wearing. Yep, all set. I'm ready. A three, a doe, a hen, flicky. Fade to black, fade in on. Ah, Daniel and Jack. Level 27. Big seal as well. I didn't let you go in the first place. What makes you think I'm going to change my mind? Because... Hello, Walter. Walter. <laughs> sign this, General. Don't read it. Just sign it. Thank you. <laughs> I've got the week off. Bye. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> because I'll quit. Why don't you just hold your breath? You haven't done that in a while. Oh. Yay. <laughs> General. Jack. I let myself in. Hope you don't mind. Absolutely not. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. The eagle's back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've never seen the eagle when Jack is in that office. As a matter of fact, I do. My new one just isn't the same. <laughs> uh, he wants the actual chair. <laughs> Damn. Hell of a time requisitioning another leather chair. Yeah. We miss you around here, sir. So, to what do we owe this pleasure? I came to ask if you'd be interested in joining the mission to Atlantis. You did. <laughs> Jack takes everything so personally. <laughs> really? With all due respect, sir, I think you should tell the mission commander that I need Daniel right here. You just did. I did. I did. <laughs> Whoops. You? <laughs> two and two equals four. Request denied. Dr. Jackson, you're with me. I'll have the chair shipped to Washington. You can requisition a new one. I'll do that, sir. We leave tomorrow. Oh, and I'll be taking Walter, too. Aww. <laughs> Walter as well. Why are you taking Aww. Walter? That's cool. Anybody else? Daniel clears throat and then decides wisely to leave for what's actually <laughs> keeping his mouth shut. It's a rarity in Daniel. <laughs> Fade to black and credits. Yes, a fun opening teaser to the episode, that was. Okay, then. Prometheus Unbound. Season 8, episode 12 of Stargate SG-1, episode 175 of Gatecast. The episode is directed by Andy Makita and written by Damien Kindler. It had its world premiere in the UK on December the 21st, 2004. The US got it January the 28th, 2005. The Australians August the 18th, 2005. The Canadians actually got it April the 13th before the Aussies. Rare that happens. Surprisingly, I had a look at episodes of the same name, and I got Beast Machines and Holby City, which is a BBC show. Exact same name? Exact same name. I was stunned. I thought there was going to be a ton of those names. Well, the episode I was doing this on last week was entitled Witch, and you would not believe the number of episodes I got up. (laughs) That's a fun episode for Buffy. I like Witch. And we are back. Opening shot of the Prometheus in Dry Dock. He seems happy. <laughs> General! Welcome aboard. Well, yeah, he's in charge, isn't he? You know, Again. the last time he took command of the Prometheus, he was in battle. He got, you know, he's got his we blood up. <laughs> from the Atlantis expedition team since they first left. We have no idea what we're going to find in Pegasus. Your knowledge and expertise will no doubt prove invaluable. Uh, General, if, if you don't mind my ass, why am I going? As Claudia is credit. Command this mission. You know, I sat back and watched you people go on a lot of adventures over the years. Get ready for the long corridor shots. Round and round we go. I always really liked how they did the, the interior of the Prometheus and all their big ships. 
It has the feel, not unreasonably, considering it's in space, of a sub, just rather more generously proportioned, but it does proper bulkhead. It looks like a naval ship, doesn't it? Rather yeah. than you see some, no offence to Star Trek, but their ships tend to be copted and... Yeah, it has the feel of a military-built ship of our time, not some super futuristic thing. Looking like a sub is a good analogy there, yeah. Ah, a space shot might be happy. Yes. I was going to say, it's such a blocky-looking ship, though. Yeah, I've never been happy with the design of the Prometheus, but I suppose for a first generation, you know, it's got to start somewhere. Ah, Dr. Novak, which Mike's probably going to give us detail on, though. Again, Dr. Lindsay Novak, played by Ellie Harvey, appears in two episodes of Stargate Atlantis, but only the one, Stargate SG-1. She's been in Dead Zone, Psych, Sanctuary, Smallville, Eureka, and was also in uh, The Bouquet with Michael Shanks. Has she heard her back? She was walking very stiffly before she sat down. Probably to control her hiccups. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's just character. You disagree, Doctor? Well, as far as we know, the Atlantis team found another outpost like the one on Antarctica. Could be on a moon or at the bottom of some deep, dark ocean. <laughs> Which is why we're going, if they're trapped and need help. If they're even alive at all. <laughs> I've never quite understood it. Okay, Walter, <laughs> what, stealing the coffee? Walter Smooth. <laughs> Using information collected from the ancient outpost on Earth, Dr. Jackson and his team have pinpointed our destination in the Pegasus Galaxy. Which is here. <gasps> Damn it to hell. <laughs> Ellie and Gary Jones actually worked together off the show, both stand-up comedians and improv artists. I know it's a character beat, but it seems so out of place. Yeah, oh dear. That veritably defined awkward silence. There are elevators on the ship? It's a big ship. Have to be, it's pretty big. Dr. Novak? Dr. Jackson? Daniel. You can call me Lindsay. Um, sorry for contradicting you in the briefing. Oh, no, don't be. I mean, you were right. Why is there always somebody else in the elevator? You're right, that is a big ship. All those books employ numbers of decks. <laughs> you know, background crew rapidly changing the uh, surroundings while the elevator pretends to move. You always know there's a lot going on off-camera on this show. It's the duck equivalent, or the swan equivalent, isn't it? You know, on the surface, everything seems calm and serene, but behind the doors, everyone's peddling like buggery. Uh, this is the worst expense since my PhD presentation. Not boasting at all, are we? <laughs> I guess that's why I turned down going to Atlantis the first time. Well, I'm sure you're going to be fine. General Hammond says you're uh, very good at what you do, so... Oh, thank you. <gasps> What's that? What's wrong? I don't know. Alarm? Beep. Very reminiscent of the Battlestar alarm sound as well, actually. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's not the red alert or anything, it's just kind of a general notification. Yeah. It's the equivalent of a general protection error in Windows. <laughs> With all due respect to Walter, I'm sure he's not qualified to sit in that chair. He's an airman or air sergeant or whatever. Yeah, but this is... <laughs> this is that interstellar starship. Walter puts his hand on a panel and opens an iris. When General Hammond wants you at his right hand, he gets you... Yeah, you don't say no. <laughs> you go, thank you, General. <laughs> How far away is it? The message is originating just over 50 light-years off our designated route. We could be there in 20 minutes. Set a course. Yes, sir. Has Walt actually been through the Stargate yet? I don't recall seeing him. I don't think he has, because he comments on it in episode 200. Ah, right. It's been a while since I've seen 200. Set shields at maximum. Arm weapons. Looks like an alchemist a cargo ship. There's Colonel Reynolds, played by Eric Brecker. He was recently in Primeval New World and The Arrow. Mm-hmm. Guess we won't be seeing him in that again. <laughs> I agree, sir. It could be a trap. <laughs> it could be a trap. <laughs> could be. That's it, Daniel. Full of bright ideas. Open a channel. 
Yes, sir. Open our channel, not a channel. Our channel. I always like the bit there in the back that you can just barely see behind General Hammond with the map, the big three-dimensional glass map back yeah. there. Cool looking. I want one. No fancy holograms on this ship. No, no. It's all very utilitarian looking. Yes. Even if there are no survivors, we need to determine if it's space-worthy. If it is, we should salvage her. Take a team. Yes, sir. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to go, doesn't he? Yeah, if the survivors, it's their shit. We can't salvage it unless they're dead. They have beaming, don't they? Yeah. Oh, they have rings. Rings. I thought they had Asgard beam technology and that. I don't think the uh, Asgard have given them proper beaming technology yet. Not yet, I don't think. Yeah, they have because they were saying when the gate got stolen. Oh, do they maybe need Asgard with them to run it then? Um, not the not the uh, beaming. They do eventually when they get the weapon system. We see an Asgard in Atlantis, I believe. Okay. Nice foggy interior. Yeah. Reusing some of the, the old sets there. Yeah. <laughs> you should never throw anything away. Unfortunately, MGM has pretty much sold everything off and scrapped the rest, which does not bode well. No. AIA. Believe it or not, this episode was intended to be a bottle episode because the show was about one and a half million dollars over budget at this stage. <laughs> Unfortunately, something went wrong when uh, they were writing it and developing it. Everybody liked it so much, kept throwing money at it, and eventually it became rather an expensive episode. Doubly so expensive because it involved hiring a new long-term actor for the show. <laughs> Claudia actually does the commentary for this episode, and quite often she says, you hired a cheap actress from Australia. Still no sign of life. Head to the bridge. Oh dear, that's never good. No, no it isn't. Colonel Reynolds, say again. Sir, our ring's just activated. And you should have security, surely, on every entrance to the ship. Security team to level four ring run. You're stuck. Yeah, there should be a... Yeah, the space, I expected there's always flash there. Seal it off. Controls are not responding, sir. Airman. It's no good, sir. The rings will not activate. Security team, report. All shipboard communications are down. Initiate emergency lockdown. I can't, sir. It may be possible from the engine room. Go. Yes, Daniel. You can operate the controls in the engine room. Daniel's looking particularly buff these days. <laughs> Since when do super soldiers have that? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a clue, that is, isn't it? <laughs> Receding heavy footsteps. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah, I have the same uh, subtitles. Super, super soldier, the Stargate version of Cyberman. Dan Payne, of course, is playing the Super Soldier. A little taller than Claudia Black, but let's not worry about that. They didn't actually have Claudia in the outfit. Let's face it, if Claudia, given the outfit that Claudia appears in, I really don't think anyone's looking at how tall she is. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> not what you expect to see. I'm surprised that not actually Claudia in the outfit there. No. She was only on set for three days. She was currently flying back from Australia. Oh. So she was jet lagged and tired. Okay. I think it was only about a five or six day shoot. It was a very short shoot. With the second unit produced this episode, again, saves money, at the same time as they filmed Gemini, which is one reason why we don't see Tilk or uh, Carter in this episode. Oh, okay. Well, we don't see Daniel in the other episode. <laughs> Gemini was Tilk and Sam off world, wasn't it? Dealing with Replicator Sam. So, whose bright idea was it to uh, commandeer this ship? <laughs> Yeah, short. Who can the general blame? 
because it always <laughs> flows downhill. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, oops. Uh oh. Who left the keys? Yeah. <laughs> I lost the ship. Booger. And this will now require the creation what? of a new policy. Something to have their handprint on the control pad at mm. all times for the ship to run. Yeah. <laughs> Engines are offline. Controls are unresponsive. The weapons are offline too, sir. It looks like we're dead in the water. General, I just did a head count. Daniel Jackson is still aboard Prometheus. I really do like the sound effect they use for the engines. Very organic, not just the constant roar. Isn't that the stone version of the... Yes. yes. Yeah, he went to the armory and equipped his P90 with it. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Ow. This isn't going well. Not at all. No. Are you okay? I feel like my head's going to explode. But on the bright side, I think my hiccups are going. <laughs> Welcome to being battered. Yeah, permission to hiccup. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh, good. Oh, no. <laughs> Perhaps if they zatter twice, or maybe even three times. <laughs> <laughs> definitely make our hiccups go. <laughs> Near as I can tell, we're lucky that life support systems are still working, sir. How much time do you figure we have? That's hard to say. I've got some secondary systems online, including some short-range sensors, sir. Scans of the cargo ship indicate that it's in worse shape than this Alcash. Strange, isn't it, sir? That a ghoul super soldier would go to all this trouble to keep us alive? Well, the globe is lit, which is an improvement. Yeah, there's power, at least. Of course there is. I mean, they've got life support. Walter must be doing a lot of studying off-duty to be up <laughs> on top of all these <laughs> yes. systems. But he still can't find his glasses. He probably typed up the uh, mission report. <laughs> Yes, and then we press button A and then we put crystal C in slot B and the engine started. Hmm. He's been zip-tied to the chair. <laughs> cable ties always come in handy. And yet I've yet to see any cables on the ship. <laughs> well, they're all behind the panelling, aren't they? Hey, how's it going? <clears throat> hmm, that's rather loose cable tying, actually. Well, you yeah, know, she wants his hand trees for some. Yes. Well, given that it's well, I'm sure she what she wants his hands free for. <laughs> it's a little strange, isn't it? See, that weapon I shot you with should have killed you. What's even stranger is you guys usually don't take prisoners either. I mean, it's a uh, kind of kill first and... No, that, that's generally just about it, just the killing. <laughs> That's it. Make conversation with your captor. Develop a rapport. In doing clear throat a lot this episode, Daniel. <laughs> How's it going being an ultimate warrior? You may prove useful. Now, if this was a... <laughs> Why isn't he dead? If it was a cool warrior, we wouldn't be getting a response mm. anyway, but obviously <laughs> he's already figured out it isn't cool. Well, you kept the wrong guy because I don't know anything about the ship. But you are very attractive. <laughs> what? That's always yes. will ring. Yep. <laughs> hey, <laughs> big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, really. I am. It's just that uh, you're not my type. Uh, more than a little disturbed that I might be yours. Whoa, whoa, no, no, you don't have to do that. Don't, 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 don't. That's not good. Well, it didn't kill him. Not directly, at least. Don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Thank God. 
much. What? <laughs> <laughs> you wasn't expecting that. <laughs> now I'm in trouble. <laughs> now I've seen her in some other science fiction show, I'm sure of it. Yeah, she was something, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay, this might not be so bad. Not at all. Feel free to watch. As Claudia herself said, this is the tightest outfit she's ever worn on camera. Really? And also the heaviest he was in her entire life. <laughs> this is tighter than the Peacekeeper outfit in yes, episode just... one of Fire Escape. Leather look painted on. That was body armour. This is just thin fabric catsuit. That's true. Yes, Good I point. Know. The armour looked better because it was all shiny. Just mm. do it again. Hey, look, even if I knew what it is you wanted me to do, what makes you think I'd tell you? And how the hell do you think you can steal a ship when you don't know how it works? I got the sublight engines, guy. <laughs> yes, engines humming. Yeah, believe it or not, Daniel, there's a lot of people out there who are a lot cleverer than humans. Well, that and humans keep on putting all the idiot menus on everything they make. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, does she still have the knowledge? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. I study ancient cultures, histories of the past, ancient civilizations. Have you heard of Earth, Tari? Nope. Okay, well, we were on our way to rescue a few friends who were trapped I, in... I really don't care. <laughs> no exposition wanted. Look, this really isn't necessary. If, if Can you're... I have this ship? No. Okay, discussion over. <laughs> <laughs> And that was Claudia Black herself who came up with the Ant Puppet. Believe it or not, on the flight over from Australia, you know, after reading the script. <laughs> Tenet of Oran. Tenet, this is Varla. If you can hear me, please respond. I've managed to procure a vessel bigger and better than what I hoped for. Tenet, if you get this message, I apologise for the delay and we'll meet at the designated coordinates in one day. Varla out. One of the reasons she was hired, you know, they, they knew she'd fit right into the genre of the show. Yeah. I was surprised when they hired her. As much as I like her, you know, hired her after having Mitchell on the show as well. Well, technically, do you think they knew Mitchell was coming in at this stage? No, I doubt they did. Colonel, Doctor. I've rerouted remaining power to shields and life support for the time being, but as far as the engines go... The control crystals for both sublight and hyperdrive engines are totally fried. It looks like they were deliberately sabotaged. Can they be repaired? In a word, no. We need new ones. That is rather annoying. She might be a genius in the field, but seriously. I get the feeling the colonel's willing to honor her kill me now request if given permission. <laughs> Sorry, kill me now. I'll go, sir. No, I'll go. Uh, with all due respect. Colonel, someone took my ship. I want it back. Go get him, General. We're with you. What's he sawing again? The metal edge of the chair? Yeah. It looks like a padded seat anyway. <laughs> Cornered there to try to break the plastic. Access is restricted by code. Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Ah! Ow! Ah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no messing about at all. Hot. Oh, yeah! <sighs> I can fix it. <sighs> I don't know the code! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a gun? Um, is that not the Zaytac laser kill weapon? Yeah, that is. It looks similar. I didn't think about that until now, but yeah, that is. Isn't that what she shot him with? No, I shot him with something on the other hand. Yeah, she probably. shot him with some... Probably the same technology as a hand device. And frankly, I think he sees notice in the pain as soon as you adopted that position. Of... This is an upgraded version of the hand device. The problem is that's all a non-gaudy. You're a ghoul. No. I was once a host to one. I should explain the knackwood in your blood to let you use school technology. And how I can quickly learn to fly this rather primitive ship. Yeah, so primitive one would wonder if it was worth the bother. 
Well, in this case, it's the size that matters. What's she looking at? <laughs> compliment, Daniel. Quite a compliment coming from Valor, that is. Yeah. Because she's been around a bit. How many black t-shirts does Daniel go through in a season? <laughs> many is Shatner in a season. Yes. <laughs> is she hypnotizing? I think she's just really baffled him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's shooting him one minute and she's coming on to him the next? Yeah. How is she different from any other female of any other species? Valor does tend to run a little hot or cold. And while I walk away, just feast your eyes. Poor old Daniel. An itch you can't scratch. How much time will you have? I'm guessing a few minutes. Maybe less. Sir, not another word, Colonel. Do it now. General. Now, with all due respect to the general, I admire his courage, and he is the commander, but mm. if you're going on board a ship that has no life support to get these crystals, surely a small bloke, shallow breathing, is better suited. Yeah, say Walter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to volunteer there. <laughs> I think it's more Hammond not going to order someone else into a suicide mission and will do it himself instead. General? General, can you hear me? I'm here in the engine room. Open the third panel down on the center column. I mean, physically, you know, he's not the best choice. I agree. Oh, there. Get his bearing, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, talking's going to conserve oxygen. Exactly, yeah. Located at the center of the panel. Apart from a hiccup, she'd have been ideal to go. She's a girl. Smaller lung capacity. They had a lot of trouble with that prop. Every time they pulled it out, the crystals would fall out. <laughs> That's not helpful at all. No. <laughs> This is something Valor probably didn't think of when she sabotaged the ship. Yeah, you'd think she'd have at least a little bit of air in the super soldier costume. Grab them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a bag over. Be sure you get at least one blue, one clear one, and run back. Yeah. Should have taken a light source as well. Surely they've got someone's carrying a torch. One on the end of their gun, so you should have had one at the end of the gun he could yeah. run around. Trying to figure out which crystal is which colour in that red atmosphere. Hmm. Yeah. There was a firefighting board. If the life support is not cycling the air... What? Staff blasts give off carbon dioxide in a small enclosed space. No, they're sending someone else over. Oops, <laughs> there's been a lot of weapons fire, so there's a lot of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope it's not halfway across when... Save the ship. Keep me hand out of the way of the rings. I don't yeah. want to lose me hand. <laughs> and you could tell he was being very careful about that, too. He was wanting. Bear in mind they're crystal, and he just tossed them onto a hard ground. Yeah, but they're, they're probably synthetic crystals. they got to stand up to hyperspatial travel, and they're tough. He's got a light on his P-90 now. General, sir. Yeah, wake up, General. Wake up. <laughs> Is he breathing? He made him out to mouth. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Zoom in. Oh, God. Shouldn't be a question, should it? All what military trained. Yeah. <coughs> Excellent waking up, sir. They aren't a bunch of... Excellent waking up, sir, yeah. <laughs> Colonel should have been able to pull out mouth yield from one of his little pouches for an emergency first aid thing. Yeah, 
on CPR, even, even, even these, yeah. you can get one of those that folds up into something tiering sized. That's what I'm talking about. I'm sure there's one packed as part of standard first aid kits now for military units. Just so you don't have to worry about contamination from blood. Claudia Black, of course, is playing Vala Maudoran. She's been in 88 episodes of Farscape and the Peacekeeper Wars. Also in Haven, Strange Fame, Xena. She eventually appears in 29 episodes of Stargate. Mm. The reason I refer to season 9 and 10 as uh, Farscape SG-1. Yeah. Because I believe Virginia Hay appears at one point. I think you're right, yeah. I've seen her, she's lovely. She is into spiritualism and all this other uh, sort of hippie stuff. <laughs> Blinky. <laughs> yes, make her take it off. We hotly approve. <laughs> Daniel, what's happened? You're spending too much time with Jack. <laughs> Her role in Haven was a very different role from this in Farscape. I think I'll turn the ship around first. I don't know. If I had me at gunpoint, that wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, well... I particularly enjoyed Vala in her leather miniskirt meeting with the Congressional Committee in a couple episodes from now. Clever. What's going on? I rewrote the access code, so I'm the only one who can use the navigation systems. Undo it. Listen, hundreds of lives are at stake. I'm trying to save the last of my people, and this ship is their only hope. Maybe if you'd mentioned that off the top. Would you really have helped? Look, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, we were also on a rescue mission. Threatening somebody with a stun weapon isn't really going <laughs> to... <laughs> beep! What is yes. It's a very thick beep. It's now cash. This quadrant is crawling with gold vessels. Chances are it's not your friends. I made sure that ship was fully disabled when you showed up. We'll see. Saved a fortune just having a little blip on the screen. Hmm. Probably three million dollars. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, ow. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I felt that. <laughs> Please do it again. Ow. Go, Daniel. <laughs> now watch him. Now he bends down and apologizes. <laughs> I like the eye roll. Oh, yeah. I definitely like that idea. Oh, that was a stomp over. Oh, not by the ears, woman. <laughs> this is degenerating into a cat fight. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Daniel. Yeah. It is Daniel. Ow! Ouch! Oh! Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh! That was a nice shot. Uh, that was pretty brutal, really. better, sir. Yes, thank you. Just caught up to the Prometheus. Nice work. It was all Novak, sir. <laughs> really was one of the rougher, you know, one of the <laughs> I've had in the show. You can just imagine Jack reading the mission report. You got beaten up by a girl. Well, in fairness, if you're going to get beaten up by a girl... <laughs> <laughs> Jack will catch oh, the... oh, I wonder how... There we go. <laughs> Squeeze. Jeez. Squeeze, woman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, sure there's no way his arms sure. are that strong. I'm sure that's not the first woman you've uh, whose legs you've forced open, then. you? <laughs> what the hell? I could go so many inappropriate places with this. They kind of went to most of the inappropriate places with this, so yeah. Yes. You're a fruitcake. Oh! <laughs> Beautiful. Ow. Ah, there we go. They're closing. Now, I'm not sure where he got that from. <laughs> yeah, it's a fairly skin-tight thing he's wearing. I don't like to think where he stored it. <laughs> I think it happened to be laying next to him on the ground, and he grabs it. Yeah, it must have been. Online. We are in range. Target the rear thrusters. Take out our sublight capabilities. 
You see, the first time the general makes his mistake, not target and fire, he tells him just to target, and there's a pause before he tells him to fire, and off the ship goes. You know, talk about Captain Obvious there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, how kind of Daniel. He left her in a room with a toilet. Yeah, an actual toilet on a spaceship. He put a jumpsuit on her, did he? Oh, yes, well, he did. Yeah. Daniel's not really <laughs> totally a gentleman. Huh. Oh. That's just great. Nothing inappropriate, <laughs> of course. No, nothing. Nothing we can do anything about the ship's course, but... Yeah, the tables have just simply been turned. Now he can't well, get... Our cashers have superluminary capability. Yeah, if they're fully operational, they do. I see you. <laughs> yeah, where did we get footage oh, of that? It's in the DVD extras. No, it's not. <laughs> it was planned. I've looked. Peter DeLuise nabbed the only copy. <laughs> yeah, that's a charity auction out of tent. I kept my eyes closed the whole time. I'm sure you did. <sighs> crush your head, crush your head. <laughs> so, where are we going? I told you to save my people. Can you please let me out of here? Oh, no. Tell me how to access the navigation controls. It's very nice, you know, starving a prisoner to death. This is the start of a beautiful friendship. No. <laughs> See me naked. The least you could do is cook me dinner. I wouldn't trust her either. Yeah, the way these two relate to each other for the rest of the series is just always fun. Aren't you hungry? This whole episode is just fun. I can't blame you for wanting to do it, Jeff. Otherwise, we didn't have a queue of primarily straight male people queuing up to do so. Yeah, tried to choose episodes that would be fun to rewatch, discuss, and product placement. Seriously, catch up. <laughs> for the oranges. <laughs> but this is Valor to a T. She does everything to excess. Once the Jafar had been overcome, the gold was captured alive, tortured, and beaten for days on end. I was host to that gold at the time. The people didn't understand that it was the symbiote that had ruled over them so harshly. The sob story. I guess the Togra felt responsible. He rescued me, removed the gold symbiote, and asked me back to hell. Oh, chicken eat. Yeah. Mustard, too. They must have been on the uh, mess table to begin with, because he wanted to put them there for her. Yeah, those are standard table settings. Hmm. It's only a matter of time before the forces of another gold showed up. A system lord named Camulus. That's when the Tokra disappeared. Camulus, it was him, was it? refused to surrender. Camulus ordered that they be wiped out. We controlled several ships. That's it, the Tokra get everybody into a mess and then try to clear up the mess. Yeah. Oh, this is a, a war back. Yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder if how much of this is made up or not, and you just pull in a system lord's name out of that. Hmm. I always got the feeling that most of this pretty accurate. She didn't need to spin it at all to create the story she needed. Are Ball and Vala ever on screen together? I don't remember. Yes, they are. That's two fun characters. <laughs> but they're both from the same hemisphere. True. Wasn't a problem. Camulus seemed to have little interest in the other planets in the system. He left behind a small force to guard the Stargate. We used the ships to keep appraised of what was happening and to steal supplies and technology when we could. 
You know that Camulus is gone now. He was beaten by Baal. And Baal's forces are searching every inhabitable world in Camulus's territory. His ships are everywhere. It's only a matter of time before my people are found. So he got desperate and tried to steal that Alkash. It was damaged in the firefight. <laughs> you think he's buying it? No. Nope. <laughs> Not quite yet. <laughs> she could punch that Zat over his hand and knock him out again. Yes, he's kind of proved you really don't want to be standing in striking distance, do you? Striking distance with a body being within about 30 feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, walk 10 feet ahead of me and then she accidentally just bends over and... <laughs> you don't have to lock me up. Oh, I think I do. What difference is it going to make? This ship is automatically flying to my homeworld. You can't stop it. Well, when I get to your planet, I'll just explain the situation to your people. Maybe there's something we can work out. My people? They're not going to trust you. You have to let me talk to them. No. Daniel. That is actually the brig. Brig? It is a brig. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have a brig on a navy ship, though, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Even if it's Air Force. Oh, it's a gas ship. Yeah. Well, that's, it must be a moon. The bloody big moon. That's no moon. <laughs> Sorry, a moon that close to the uh, gas joint would be torn apart by tidal forces. It could be in that little perfect spot where... The rank point and not that close to the gas joint. Hey, where is Vala? She's here. She's just indisposed at the moment. She did not mention she was working with someone. No, I guess not. Look, I, I realize I owe you an explanation. It's a bit of a long story, really. We will hear it in person and inspect your vessel. That's good, because apparently we're coming in for a landing. We will meet you at the designated coordinates. Okie dokie. See you there. That's it, Daniel. Daniel always thinks he can talk his way out of anything. They're not that good at lying, usually. No. <laughs> if I knew what the designated coordinates were, it was helpful. This is Daniel and Ned Flanders mode. Well, with any luck, Valor's actually programmed it all in. Yeah. That looks nice. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, the Prometheus actually looks pretty decent on the ground. And is the size relationship looks pretty on target for how big it's supposed to be on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is ultimately a carrier. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. Daniel, are you there? I hope you can hear me. The planet we just landed on is not my homeworld. Whatever you do, you must not go out there. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. No, apparently not. Oopsie. <laughs> and thank you. Exactly what he's going to do. Uh, name's Olo. Hans Olo. Hans Olo. <laughs> Hans Olo. We will only do business with Vala. Business. Yeah, that figures. Judge Dread, Daniel. Not that I'm surprised or anything. I don't. I don't look surprised to you, do I? What? Uh, this is. I was expecting some refugees in need of transport to another planet. Human sort of refugees. Not that there's anything wrong with you guys that I know of. Two aliens. Tenant is played by Morris Chappadelaine, and the other alien is played by Jeff Redknapp. Tenant ends up being in six episodes of Stargate, and Jeff Redknapp is in five. I like their alien designs. They're good-looking aliens. We do meet them again. Ooh, Nacrida. Lots of Nacrida. But we cannot... Okay, you know what? Uh, seriously, there's been a, a big misunderstanding. I'm... I don't care what you've got, I'm not going to sell you the ship, so... Okay, you know what? That is not necessary. We had a deal! We must have this ship! This whole scene is impressive, though. It was filmed on the Richmond Sands. The rapidly shrinking Richmond Sands? How did it fit the Prometheus yeah. on that? Well, they've got all green screen for the for most of the background and the ship. They've got an awning to provide the shadow. And once again, 
This is not what you normally get on a box. They've got yeah. weapon firing. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> yes. Iron. <laughs> Daniel's not even phased by the fact that the deal is just no. crap. He's probably already thinking what could go wrong, possibly will do. Yeah. Uh, well, you put the hour on. Yeah. Smart, Daniel. That's a re-reasoning strip. As Damien Kindler said when he wrote this episode and handed it in to Rob Cooper, yes, I know I've got all these special effects, and yes, I know it'll all get taken out. <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> too fun of an episode to take too much out of. Yeah, they said as it was being made, it would just got better and better and better. They had to commit to it eventually, you know. Yeah, I'm sure there were an extra three bottle episodes. Oh, look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> No funny stuff, but I've been so serious so far. Move! You have any idea what that is worth? Oh, what the fuck? Ah! Oh, that's a very nice <laughs> shot. Yeah, that. that's what we like. I want to say that in HD later downstairs. Blu-ray, please. <laughs> really the only way to deal with Vala, just drop, take her to where you need her to be. And of course, she did hit her head on the Steadicam mm. when that was filmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to know that this ship can be flown with two people, though. Mm-hmm. And both of them not trained on this vessel. We have incoming Alkesh. That implies more than one. There you go. Two, three, four. <laughs> Daniel General's not going to be happy you give him back a broken ship. No. Yeah, he's cracked paint. You got buffed out. <laughs> Boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The space battles in the show are always awesome. Well, all we need now is some disco lights and music. <laughs> always got to have exploding consoles. If yeah. it's good enough for Trek, it's good enough for Stargate. I always thought if they uh, flattened out the Alkesh a bit, it'd really, you know, really look a nice ship. Yeah, it's kind of a rounded pyramid yeah. zipping around. It's not like the Google have ever used a pyramid shape before. <laughs> no. True. But, I mean, that's why I think it worked. Even hard for them. Ship, because it looked like a shrunk-down version of the, the mothership. Yeah. What was that? That was an Alkesh fighting for them. <laughs> yes. Hmm. We'll take it. Nice work, Sergeant. Target the second Alcash. Fired well. Roger that, sir. Whoa, Walter. God, is there any Walter can <laughs> Yay, go for it, Walter. You're a fighter pilot. It's Zipper, Walter. Dr. Jackson, this is General Hammond. Do you copy? That is some nice movement for what is really a quite a lumpy ship. Yeah. Uh, General, it's me. Good hear your voice, sir. Likewise. You all right, son? We're fine, sir. Are we clear to ring aboard? Stand by. Unlock the system. Those gliders likely retreated to a nearby mothership. We have to get out of here now. She knows when to give in. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> For now. <laughs> I presume. Could he fit the Alkesh in the X302 docking bay? I would think so. Well, it's, that's a heavy bomber, isn't it? You know, so it's uh, significantly bigger than the 302. Yeah, but from the shots I remember of the launching bays. The entryway should be big enough to fly the Alkesh to. Yeah, but would there be room to pack it? Yeah, hover it off the ground all the way home. Oh, uh, that's the spirit. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything offering me. You might persuade me to do something I won't regret. Yeah, Daniel's not really busted up about it. Daniel, whatever happens, I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah, that really is not the way to treat a woman. She's unconscious now. You've already had her naked. I mean. <laughs> I guess you can't fit the Alcash in a... No, it looks significantly bigger there, don't it? <laughs> yeah, if it's going to fly escort like that, it must not be a I think in. the scale looks a bit wrong, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to knock it, because it was a nice flyby. I wouldn't recommend a long journey in hyperspace. 
I'm afraid we have no choice but to return to Earth. How long before the ship's ready to go again? Hard to say. It's good work, Doctor, both here and on the Alcash. Now, has Daniel got a fresh black T-shirt on? She's not hiccuping. Yes, he does. It's a fresh black T-shirt. Hiccups are gone, huh? I didn't even notice. I guess I was having too much fun. Security team to level four. The prisoner has escaped. Bring on. Being faced with death, kind of. Fun? Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Booger. Who left her alone, locked in a brig? <laughs> Show her. <laughs> because she's kicked the crap out of them. Team one, unresponsive. Rings on level four just activated, sir. Daniel's thinking, hey, I know how you feel. Yeah. Pity they couldn't put a lockdown on the ring transporters when the alarms went off. They really do need a transporter chief for someone in there monitoring. Yeah. Live and learn. Yeah, but I can't mean he probably wasn't available. Yeah, he's <laughs> too busy. Oh, there he goes. Lock weapons on its engines. Half thrusters targeted. And here we go. The general lock, not fire on it, lock on it. And by the time they've locked on it, and he's given the order. By Can we track it? No, sir. Our long-range scanners are being scrambled. No, she had full access to the ship. <laughs> God knows how long. Mm, 42 minutes. She's good. Yeah, Daniel's in love. Yeah. Now, that, I have to say, just got past. Did. Yeah. It's one of the better episodes of the season, I think, for Stargate SG-1. If not the series. And that line, she's good. Damien Kinder, the writer, he actually said he had the last line of the episode right from the start. <laughs> he wants you how to get there, but he got there. Well, did he write it for Claudia? No, I don't think it was written for Claudia. Feels like it was. Yeah, because she embodied it so well. I can't think of anyone else who would have been able to pull that off the way she did. Yeah. You had to say pull that off in relation to Claudia, didn't you, Jeff? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she didn't audition for the part. You know, she was actually chosen for the part. Mm. She was actually doing the finishing up Peacekeeper Wars when uh, she got the call. They never said in the commentary it was written specifically for her, only that who they had in mind for it. And as Damien Kindler says, if he actually written this script as is and given it to Rob Cooper, who actually said he wanted a Prometheus episode, you don't think he'd have gotten it through. Mm. A bit too silly, but eventually the script got polished and everything. This is what we got. <laughs> An exceptionally good episode. Indeed. And as we said, a bottle episode, which you would not believe after seeing it. And for an episode with just really only two actors on screen for 90% of the episode, it zooms by. You don't need any more. No. They have great chemistry together. And I'm glad they continued to use that chemistry. Basically, she just wrong-foots Daniel every step of the way. (laughs) (laughs) For a very bright guy, he's made to look like a bumbling idiot for most of the episode. Yeah, really that good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is, yeah. He was just put one over on me. I mean, at heart, she's a bit of a con woman, a grifter. Then she's backed up with being a host, so she's got a lot of knowledge and experience through then. I mean, who knows how many times she's been through the sarcophagus as a host. Mm-hmm. We do get an idea. I don't think she was a gold for more than 10 or 20 years at most. So she is older than she looks. She's older mm. than she looks, but not by a whole lot, because we keep on running into people who know her as the show goes on. Oh, yeah, she returns to the uh, System Lord's homeworld. But I, I get the feeling where even some of those people running into were people who knew her before she was gold. It's been a while since Afghan did this for. Yeah, me too, so I'm kind of going off memory. But it's I got the feeling that people we keep on seeing that she knows from her past, it's not like she was a 200-year-old woman running a con on this guy. Hmm. Okay, then. That was Prometheus Unbound, the first introduction of Valor Dal... Uh, Valor Dal... Dal- <laughs> Valor Maldoran, played by Claudia Black. We look forward to seeing her return soon. Quite right. Indeed. Okay. Just say the word. Open the iris.
On the news front, we've had word from Cliff Simon via his Twitter that his NCIS episode is going to be called Revenge, which means it should be airing on the 30th of April on CBS in the United States. It's also been reported that Michael Shanks' latest movie, Mr. Hockey, The Geordie Howie Story, will get an exclusive Blu-ray release on the 7th of May from Walmart, and then go on general release on the 9th of July. We have a few birthdays this week, beginning on the 21st, with Rod Loomis, who played Osric in the SG-1 episode The Quest. He has also done a TNG episode, and was Dr. Sigmund Freud in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. On the 22nd, Dominic Zamprogna will be celebrating his birth. He played Dr. Boone in two episodes of Stargate Universe, as well as Spots on Smallville, The L Word, and ten episodes of Battlestar Galactica. The 23rd sees a birthday for Alex Ferris, who was Andy Spencer in Citizen Joe, as well as a recurring character on Terminal City and Martha Speaks. He's had guest spots on Supernatural, Sanctuary, and Eureka. Two birthdays on the 24th, Neil Shell was Mr. Crandall in the SG-1 episode Mobius, and appeared in Fringe, Eureka, and The Outer Limits. And from Stargate Movie, we end this week's birthday greetings with Jamon Honsu, who played the Horus. He has also appeared in Alias, Gladiator, ER and Constantine. That's the news and birthdays for this week, and now we have a little bit of feedback. We'll start with a big thank you to Michael Clark, who left us a five-star iTunes review. Michael is the host of The Holiday and Ten Forward, two podcasts from the Trekmate family. Both of them lean towards a literary side of the Star Trek franchise. He wrote, What a great show! I found out about the show from Colin at Trek News and Views when he appeared on a season overview show. I found the show he was on and instantly enjoyed what I was listening to. Mike and Alan are two great hosts. They have some interesting discussions about the episodes, are very funny and know their Stargate. I have not seen all of SG-1, so listening to the show is allowing me to catch up and realise what I have been missing. With the addition of SGA, now which is my favourite from the Stargate universe, I'm enjoying the show even more. I would recommend this show to everyone who likes Stargate. For those trying to get into the Stargate universe, then this is for you too. Thank you very much, Michael. We always appreciate a good iTunes review. In fact, any iTunes review. We're not begging, of course. We're just pleading. <laughs> Come try ya! Okay, feedback. You got the Facebook page open? I do. And I'm looking for... I see Lee Montgomery on a photograph of Mark Gibbon. I see a remarkably greyly bearded uh, Robert Carlyle. And I see feedback on the Defiant one. Is that what you're referring to? Yep. You can be Brad. Put on an accent. No. <laughs> Due to the magic of technology, I can download HeEP now while on the road and not wait a couple of days to listen to it. And furthermore, whoa, just listen to the app. So much happy with my input. It's a really weird episode. There's so much humour on McKay's front, but then Joe plays the end so serious, and with the way they played the death scene, it seems like there were two different writers on this one. The more you chatter, the more relevant dialogue I can use. That and having better quality from your own end to back up the Skype recording. Yeah, there's a confidence issue there that I still need to get over. By the way, uh, purely as a point of interest, the difference between him commenting that he downloaded the episode and him commenting that he'd listened to it, there's a three-hour and three-minute gap. <laughs> so either that episode ran really, really long, <laughs> or there was a pause when he was driving he couldn't actually type well, internet connection, last time we recorded with him probably indicates how, how long it took to download the episode. <laughs> right, that's all the feedback we have for that episode. We don't have any uh, email or such we, like. We do have a photograph of Joe bouncing off the shield and Brad commenting, ow. Yeah. In fact, he seems to comment a lot in the photos. The other thing he says, and it is a comment to just add further on the fight one, the fact that your man actually shoots himself is very dark. For Atlantis and for Stargate generally, priority universe. 
sort of a disturbing on-screen death is a rarity. Well, yeah, normally the deaths are... Never been anything so blatant as that, really. Yeah, have deaths in battle, but you expect deaths in battle. Yeah, and we've had people sacrifice themselves heroically. Mm-hmm. This was a lot more clinical. No, this was a... Uh, oh, dear God, what do they look like? From McKay, I'd say it probably disturbed them quite a bit. You'd be second-guessing yourself. You'd be thinking, well, if I hadn't given them the mirror... Or the gun. <laughs> well, yes, or the gun. <laughs> I suppose you could have smashed the mirror then slashed his own wrist. Oh, that's slightly depressing, though. We always get a warm and fuzzy feeling when we get some feedback on the show, so if you'd like to send us something, then please do so. We'll endeavour to include it in the next show, or relevant show if that's more appropriate. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using the generic Stargate, or more specifically, Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website gatecast.co.uk which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together so that was Prometheus Unbound next week I'm sure Mike will inform us we have Hot Zone while exploring sections of the city that was flooded during the storm some of the scientists start dying after seeing realistic hallucinations that cause brain aneurysms their attempts to contain it don't go well as one of the infected escapes into a populated area of the city ah Hot Zone Wait, we recorded what about three weeks ago yeah, the recording is a bit mixed up compared to actually the broadcast order and our own release schedule. But let's not worry about that. <laughs> oh, that's up for Mike to be confused by. That's one of the feet under the water paddling furiously, which our listeners really don't need to know about. <laughs> we don't, don't need know, to picture your feet there, Mike. <laughs> I don't know if I really remember that episode at all. I'm reading the, the back of my DVD and it doesn't sound familiar. It's a McKay episode. Well, no, MK. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, let's the South Park. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Stargate SG-1. I hope you join us next week for the Stargate Atlantis episode Hot Zone. Until then, take care, everybody. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us once again. Thank you for yeah. having me back again. In our pleasure. Oh, certainly, Claudia. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.